was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Baron. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Today uh, is such a great day. It is a good day. And, you know, I know we talked about this last week because it was just really fresh on our minds, but the games are over. Yep. Um, what an undertaking. Yeah. I, know, I know we talked about this last week yeah. just a little bit, but such a great project, yeah. but so many details. I think yeah. most people that I talked to today are still, are they're surprised to hear that we're still <laughs> kind of collecting You're and right. inventorying our equipment, <laughs> mm-hmm. our supplies, our things like that. We're reminded of it every day because we walk into the office and there are still stacks of boxes right. and um, you know, extension cords <laughs> that are that are stuffed into to, to boxes and things like that. Yes. Um, but it really is an undertaking. It is. It really is. It and is. just to put it in perspective, we had nearly eleven thousand athletes. Yes. Eleven thousand athletes. <laughs> I mean, that is roughly the same size as the Summer Olympic Games, yeah. as far as the number of athletes right. are concerned. Now. Of course, we're not the Olympics. We're not building giant right. stadiums and all that kind right. of stuff. But the event itself is as big. <laughs> the number of athletes is the same size as the Olympics. Yeah. They have over 30 different sports, mm-hmm. which is more than what they're offering currently right. right now in the Summer Olympic Games. Dozens and dozens. And I'm going to even add one more dozens of <laughs> venues. Right. So just so right. much that goes on during the games. And then we want to recap everything yeah. while it's still fresh in yeah. our minds. So this week we've spent what, two full days over <laughs> over what, 14, 16 hours sequestered yeah. in our conference yes, room. We We're reviewing every single sport, <laughs> every single committee, all of the functions of the games. We just want to go through the details. Yeah. And there's a lot. And there's a lot of details. <laughs> Um, you know, we're often asked, Lil, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. People come up to us and say, so what do you do the rest of the year? You know, and it's only two weeks. Yeah. So okay. we've given you just a little bit of what we're doing right now, but there's a whole process. Yeah. Uh, in addition to recapping with the staff, of course, we want to recap with all of our sports directors, yes. our committee directors, everybody who is involved um, in a leadership role. We want to make sure that we're meeting with them yeah. and then collecting all the things that they have learned and uh, that they did right, that they want to do again, the things that yeah. we want to make sure that we don't do again. Don't do. And there are a few of <laughs> those things. Thankfully, not a lot, but there's a few of those things, right? Just a lot of details. And uh, we want to make sure that every year we're learning yeah. and getting a little bit better. Yes. And all of that takes time. <laughs> and then before you know it, it's the 1st of January yes. and teams are already <laughs> registering or, or reserving their right. team spot for next October. So uh, a lot of people ask me, well, so after the games are over, you go on a vacation, right? And <laughs> there just really isn't time to no. immediately embark on a vacation. I will say that we take the last two weeks of we December do. off and spend that yeah. with our family and it's much deserved and right. we love doing that. Yeah. Uh, but man, we're still full <laughs> speed ahead. I will say though, that the pace is a little bit different. Right. You agree? Yes. Just There's a not quite as many late nights and <laughs> right. early mornings. We're trying to stay within office hours <laughs> right. and, and yet there's still a lot to do. There is a lot. And uh, that's how the games go. And we love it. And we love it. We love it. Absolutely. So Lil, today's guest. Yes. May Tom is a registered dietitian and functional medicine practitioner. 
May has given talks and held workshops for groups all around the world and has contributed to publications such as Shape and Women's Health Magazine. She currently works in private practice with individuals and families to optimize health and uncover root causes of illnesses that so often remain unaddressed by conventional medicine. May is passionate about optimizing metabolism, hormones, and health span through discovery, education, strategy, and behavior modification. May, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I love the concept there of health span. Yes. You know, a lot of times we talk about lifespan mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to live to be 100 or 110 <laughs> or, or whatever. Um, but there is a difference between lifespan and health span yes. for sure. And uh, I like that concept that your your goal and your passion is to optimize that. I think that we see that here in our mm-hmm. in our athletes. Mm-hmm. They're obviously trying to optimize their health span as well through a- activity, through uh, activity, through mm-hmm. uh, exercise, through competition. Yep. Um, obviously, diet and and mental health and all it all plays part of the big picture. Yeah. So we're super excited to visit with you today and learn from you the things that you're discovering through your research. Yeah. Um, before we get into any like significant studies or anything, maybe you could take just a minute and define for us what what you think health span versus lifespan is. How how would you mm-hmm. define that to people? Yes, I really see it as quality of life and also aging free of debilitating chronic diseases because we're not dying of tuberculosis and malaria these days. Right. We are dying of the things that are like the slow killers, you know, well, some of them are fast, unfortunately, but like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, so, you know, that really affects quality of life. And I would say health span is the longevity of your health, <laughs> not just your life. Yeah. Um, and, and really, that's really going to dictate how how the quality of your life goes at the end. Uh, I love that. And again, such an important concept and principle and, and expands the way that we've always Mm -hmm. thought about aging, Mm -hmm. uh, at least in the past. I'm going to ask a super broad question and this can go, I know in a lot of different directions, (laughs) but you're, you're working with an aging population. You're working with people who are trying to make the best of their life with the, with the life that they have and the years that they have left, Mm -hmm. helping them make good behavioral modifications if necessary, but good decisions, no matter what. But what do you think are the biggest mistakes that you see people making that cause them to age faster than they need to? Yes, this is such a good question. And I would say, you know, to your audience, the good news is you all are quite active compared to maybe the rest of the, um, you know, seniors in our country. And so I would say inactivity and, you know, they've actually done studies of like how quickly you can walk from point A to point B will um, predict your, (laughs) how long you will live, like how many years you have left. Right. So even just flexibility. And so definitely, I think one mistake is just becoming a couch potato um, over the years and getting really comfortable sitting, you know, for long, long periods of time. And so sitting in front of the TV, sitting in front of a device. So that definitely is a mistake that all of your audience, I think, is well aware of and is proactively combating against the the tendency to want to just kind of go indoors and just, you know, be be home all day. Um, the other one, though, is also I, I see the quality of nutrition fall when people are just home by themselves, don't have that much, you know, other people to feed anymore. And all of a sudden lunch and dinner become like toast and cereal. And unfortunately that's the, it's a convenience factor. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many people who have lots of resources just default to that when like their loved one is traveling, 
They just default to cereal for, for dinner, right? And so all of a sudden we come across nutrient deficiencies where your body can't repair as well. You aren't as good at surveilling cancer cells, you know, things like that, that are very basic yet have a profound impact on the probability of a disease knocking on your doorstep, which I would say, bottom line, nothing ages you faster than a diagnosis. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, true. for sure. True. You know, once that diagnosis is there, it's, it's, it's been already five to 10 years in the making and all of that disease progression, plus the treatments potentially, either that's invasive surgeries or, you know, other, other kind of treatments um, will age the body fast. So, I mean, the big mistakes is not really seeing those things coming and kind of being surprised by them when they were all lifestyle related. Mm-hmm. And we do know that so yeah. much. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not shocking to hear <laughs> that diet and exercise are important to your longevity, right? right. I don't think that surprises anyone. What? <laughs> right. I mean, you just don't get that response, but, right. uh, but knowing that and doing it are two very different very things different. and yes. very, very difficult things. So what tips or tricks or techniques have you found that have helped some of your, uh, your, your clients and, and again, in the research that you're doing, help them just break through that barrier of, I know I'm supposed to eat vegetables, but like, how do you, how do you get past that? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the people you hang out with makes a big difference. So if you're in a healthy community and you guys are, you know, coming together and exchanging recipes or going to each other's homes, the social aspect around food is actually very important. And so, you know, coming together and having, you know, we have, for instance, like our church has Bible studies where it's a potluck and everyone of all ages comes together. So at least that's a meal where there's a lot of variety, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and when you're home having a plan and stocking the fridge and still thinking about getting in, you know, I say aim for 10 vegetables a day, which is a challenge, but making oh, it a fun. That's a lot of vegetables. I know. Well, that includes, <laughs> l- let me clarify. That includes herbs, spices, okay, even herbal teas, like a a green tea (laughs) or something. And so um, it can add up if you're using spices and herbs um, Mm -hmm. on top of, you know, eating your, your veggies, but making it a fun game. Like what if I, you know, like having even the cognizance to say, oh, wow, I actually haven't eaten any vegetables today. What can I do for dinner to kind of catch me up, you know, Um, and making it Kind of yeah, making it a, a, almost like a play, really enjoying the process of nourishing your body versus seeing it as a like, oh, I have to find right. something to eat again, you know. Um, so the the <laughs> mental outlook of it, and again, community. Yeah. You talked uh, you talk about community and the importance of that, and we've had guests and and you know read research and things like that that talks about how important having uh, connections. Yeah. And having a community and having interactions can be. And I loved that you said that food can be a part of that. Because I think sometimes, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes when the potlucks do roll around, we're not necessarily bringing our healthiest options. (laughs) We're bringing a variety. And and within the variety, I think there's a value there. But a lot of times it's the, you know, the the heavily (laughs) fat and sugar laden foods. Um, but but still, that social aspect can help, yeah. uh, you know, uh, offset some of the the offsets, offset some of the, I don't know, maybe some. I'm I, I maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. I just <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I think that the social aspect is so important and can't yes. be forgotten as we're looking at our yeah. our longevity and our overall health. Do Do you agree with that? Oh, for sure. I mean, the company you keep. Uh, it, 
it really does set the stage for how well you digest your food, you know, um, the, the pleasure level of the, the dining experience. And I, I would say sometimes I will trade the quality of the healthiness of food for the company. There's a trade-off a little bit, right? So at the potlucks, I will say, you know, yeah, there might be an opportunity where you get into some things that you don't normally have around the house. But at the same time, um, you are hopefully not just scarfing down that food in front of the TV. You are having a conversation, putting down your fork and chewing, you know. So all of those aspects of the eating experience are very conducive to health, not just the food alone, because there is a saying, you are what you eat. Well, I would say a better saying is you are what you eat, digest, assimilate, and absorb. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, part of that experience is actually stopping and enjoying food um, versus yeah. mindlessly scarfing it down. The other thing I want to say about potlucks, just because you brought it up, is I see it as a personal responsibility to up-level the quality of the food at a potluck by bringing what I would like to see at the potluck sure. there. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're introducing, say, you're introducing some options that maybe not everybody would see all the time, but right. now they have available to them. Right. Yes. So think of you being the torchbearer of the, the healthy food, you know, when you come to the potluck. And and so every time I have the option, I, I usually opt for the salad to, to sign up for the salad versus the dessert. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you can really and I've coached a lot of clients who do a lot of socializing for mm-hmm. one reason or another. And it's an art and a skill to learn how to eat healthy in every situation with all the options and all the spreads. And, you know, unfortunately, the studies show the more options you have, the more people fall into bad choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is some skill in yeah. in picking the right choices when you have a lot of options. Yeah. Well, and you've talked about this, uh, kind of touched on it, but it is a decision and there is a mindfulness aspect of mm-hmm. it. You need to be intentional. Yes. about what you're choosing to eat and whether that is at home alone instead of, as you said, the cereal or, you know, the box of raspberry donuts that you're <laughs> harboring in the in the pantry. Um, there is an, an element of mindfulness that becomes important. And you, you even mentioned that even when you're not alone, but around other people, you're intentionally making the decision to to kind of raise the health level right. of, those, of those social <laughs> gatherings and those potlucks. I do want to shift gears just a little bit because this is uh, this is one that's really interesting to me, and that is um, the role of hormones as we age, and how do we maintain healthy hormone levels? I know that that uh, you know for both men and women as we age, that yes. becomes really a factor on on quality of life. So, what yeah. advice do you have in that area? Oh, yeah, this is this is my jam. I would say a lot of women and men both um, are aware that there's some transitions when they hit a certain age with their hormones but may not be aware of the consequences of those shifts. And, you know, I would say it's not, it's, it's not optional. We all have to go through it. If we live, if we get to live long enough to hit menopause and andropause, andropause is the male version of these hormones declining. If we get to live long enough, which most of us do now, nature did not intend for us to live that much longer past reproductive years. And it's kind of, you know, survival. It's like once you're not fertile, like you're not supposed to be around that long. But out we of have the pool, been- everybody out of the pool. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Your role in society has been played out. <laughs> but we get to spend half of our years now after yeah. this incident. And so I would say hormones need we have we have so much research to show hormones are necessary 
for protecting our bones, protecting our brain, protecting our heart. And it's not just about libido, although that's a quality of life thing too, right? So all of the above is to say, if you are super deficient in hormones or imbalanced, you will have issues falling asleep. You will have potentially, you know, bone loss. And, and so it, it becomes a question of how proactive are you in what one measuring and knowing where your hormones are Two, seeking out natural ways of raising levels and natural could be for men having good muscle mass is a great way to keep testosterone on board. Right. So in the world of activity, are you strength training and do you have good nutrition on board and good recovery to build that muscle that's going to protect your hormones, right? So it's kind of a egg and a chicken because you need testosterone to keep muscle on board. You need muscle to help testosterone still be healthy. Um, we sometimes will go to supplements. Um, and then there's hormone therapy, which I always say safe to the last. A lot of people jump there. And it is now proven to be safe compared to what people used to think 20 years ago, right? And even it is uh, now hormone therapy is, again, useful as prevention. Um, but before all of that, one one takeaway I'd like to give your audience is there are a lot of things in our environment that really make hormones go awry in our body. And so cleaning up environmental hormone disrupting chemicals is something we all can do even if you're not going to sign up for hormone therapy anytime soon for this, that, or the other, right? You can, we can all clean up environmental. So that'd be food, air, water, you know, things in the house, cleaning products, supplies. Um, a lot of the plastics, the fragrances we're exposed to are messing with chemicals. And I see this in labs where, you know, men come to me because they're having weight issues um, never before, like college athletes now having oh, weight yeah. issues, you know, 30 years later. And we look and we say, wow, your estrogen levels are higher than normal. And that's why, like, unfortunately, you know, male figure wise, we, there is such a thing as man boobs. Like, it's not cool, but it's, it's fat deposits in the wrong place because of high estrogen. And this isn't because men are taking estrogen. It's because there's estrogen potentially coming in from the diet, from the environment. Um, we call these xenoestrogens. They mimic estrogen in the body. And then also for men having extra fat, your fat can also be producing hormones. So being at a healthy body composition, cleaning up the environment are two things that are super supportive of hormone balance, as well as good sleep. You make a lot of hormones at night. Um, everything follows a rhythm. If your yeah. rhythm is off, we call that your circadian rhythm that follows the sun. If that's off, all your hormone production also gets thrown off as well. Good yeah. stuff to be thinking about. Yeah. And I, I know there's like, you know, maybe a billion different uh, <laughs> environmental factors that are out there. So I'm not I'm not going to ask you to go into like very specific things unless there's something that just really stands out to you. But I'm more interested in where do you what what credible sources of information mm. can tell you what is the harmful stuff? Yes. Because man, it's so hard to find a credible information. You can find something yes. that you think, well, this sounds good and it makes sense to me. But then the very next link that you click on, on Dr. Google's website, <laughs> tells you the exact opposite thing. So where can you find credible sources of, hey, this is this is a substance or an environmental factor that is most likely disrupting your hormones? Where would you look to find that? Great question. So I actually, Kyle and Lil, I hope it's okay. I know we didn't talk about this before, but I do have a toxin guide I'd be happy to share with your audience. Oh, we would love, we would we would love, love to get a copy of that and make that available on yeah, our, on our sure. website. Absolutely. Yes, I'd be happy to give you that. And so I love um, the nonprofit organization called Environmental Working Group, also known as EWG. 
They have a very extensive cosmetic database, cleaning supplies database, um, water, air, um, you know, guides, consumer guides. And so you can really educate yourself through them. And they are, like I said, a nonprofit. They give you the score of, let's say you you have a detergent you want to look up. They give you the score A to F and color code it. F is red. You fail. You know, the, the product bad, fails. Right. This, but, this is like elementary school yeah. again. Yeah, right? it's bad. color coded, but it also will, you can drop down into the ingredients and it'll tell you why it got an F and you start now processing, wow, okay, this particular fragrance really is why this, this product failed. I'm going to be avoiding that in all products moving forward. So it's a way to educate yourself. They have an app. It's not as extensive as the desktop version, but you will you will have like university level training if you just dive into resources like EWG. And there's also an, a lot of other nonprofits that are in my guide that I can share as well that are doing this from a non-biased standpoint. Awesome. So we definitely would like to get yeah. that guide. We'll, we'll make a link for sure on our website. Tell us the name of the organization one more time. Sure. It's EWG.org. It stands for Environmental Working Group. And it's a massive website. So once you get in there, it's easy to get lost, but you can go down the rabbit hole of cosmetics or cleaning supplies, air, water. Oh. Once you get in, they're the ones that make the dirty dozen. If you've heard of the dirty dozen yes. list yes. of the cleanest and the dirtiest produce. Um, yeah. I know strawberries is always on the bad list. <laughs> yes. I, I remember reading that specifically. So, yes, berries, peaches, cherries, celery, apples. These are always on the dirty dozen. Yeah. Wow. So again, such such uh, good information, yeah. and and yeah. and I wish we had time to really explore and dig into it. We don't. We have about a minute and a half left. Um, May, what would you tell our our listeners as the biggest piece of advice that you could share about active aging and about mm. you know just good long term um, living the best life that's possible. Yes. Well, I, I want to circle back to the word you used earlier, which is intentional. And, you know, we were joking around about this, that maybe you don't have a lot of people in your audience that are 17 listening to this and eating it up. You know, we got away with a lot of like, oh, just do whatever I feel like in our 20s and you know, even 30s, maybe. Yeah. But in this age now, we get to be super intentional about everything we do from the type of exercise we choose how much we choose to recover. So I know you all just had your big event. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I see a lot of really active people where injury prevention and recovery are, are part of the intentional part of training as well. Right. And so, you know, making sure that we are, um, not just on top of our activity level, but you know, what are the things we can control and be intentional about and live life in a way that's like, it's not, you know, it's not having your cake and eating it too. It's like, okay, there's a trade-off. Every decision I make is a trade-off. I usually, most people know what they're supposed to do. <laughs> right. And it's picking and choosing based on your own values and priorities and what's within your kind of your wheelhouse of sustainable actions, right? Like I'm not going to go live as a monk in the Himalayans because I know everything's toxic, right? I, I still have Wi-Fi in my home. I know right. people like Dr. Mercola don't, right? But I still <laughs> use Wi-Fi. So, you know, these are all intentional choices we make and ignorance is not bliss. So if you even have a thought like, mm, maybe I should go check, get, get my hormones checked or, huh, I just haven't been feeling quite as energetic. I wonder if, you know, I, I should go just run some lab work and make sure I'm not anemic, right? Because these are things that like can creep up on us and and really affect our health 
Um, and we get to just be super proactive. So if you have anything that you're like, mm, I should probably look into that, even oral health, for instance, like my mom still needs to go get her fillings fixed, but she doesn't <laughs> want to go because of COVID. And I'm like, mom, you can't do that. It's like a risk for brain and heart health. Right. And so sure. <laughs> just being intentional and picking and choosing based on the the goal of health span, letting that be your vision that you are living towards. I love it. Great, great too. advice. Great. The the intentional aspect mm-hmm. is so important, mm-hmm. and uh, just just really great advice. Thank you. Yes, Thank yes. you so much, baby. We appreciate your time, yes. and uh, maybe we'll have to have you back yes, sometime, and we sure. can dig a little bit deeper into some of these areas. Yeah, I would love that. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. That was really good stuff. That was really good And again, I I wish we had more time because I think that there's a lot to explore there. But um, a couple of things just to wrap Mm -hmm. us up here. As we mentioned, the games are over. We talked a little bit about the cleanup and a little bit of the process that happens after the games are over. In addition to all that stuff that's going on, we are also processing and formatting all of our results as quickly as we can. The vast majority of them are available. Uh, There's a couple of things that we're still checking on. But if you want to check out the results as an athlete or even just as a fan, you can find all of that available at seniorgames.net. Yes. And that is there under the results area. We want to invite you to tune in next week as we follow up with Lisa Lander. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily, you'll remember we first met Lisa about eight months ago when we learned that at the age of 62, she was going to attempt to summit the Grand oh. Teton. So we're going to follow up with her. That's 14,000 feet, by the way. (laughs) Uh, We're going to find out how she prepared and if she was successful in her quest. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Mm -hmm. Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe anywhere that podcasts are found. You can also find this and previous shows right on our website, which once again is seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought. It's very apropos to today's guest and our topic, and it is this. You can't control everything in your life, but you can control what you put in your body. Mm. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.